Picture a world where costs are down, profits are up, and customers are clamoring at your door. You're listening to Let's Get Up to Business from Jordan Law. Our interviews with business owners, service providers, and area experts can teach you how to create a world of success and profitability. If you're looking for an attorney to assist in your business formation, employment agreements, or other legal business needs, contact Jordan Law at 407-906-5529. You can also reach us on the web at jordanlawfl.com. Jordan Law, we protect you and your business. everyone. Welcome to another edition of Let's Get Up to Business. Um, I'm Edward Aguilera and I handle community affairs for Jordan Law. Uh, we love that you guys were able to join us today. We have a special guest that I think everyone's going to really enjoy and get, we're going to be able to get some really just wonderful information uh, regarding open sourcing and being on the internet. But before I get to that little bit of housekeeping, I always ask this when I, when I get an opportunity to host one of these programs is please make sure you subscribe for on our YouTube. We wanna make sure that you're getting this important information, not just with our guests today, but as we continue to make these programs on a weekly basis, we wanna make sure that you're able to get and access um, all our wonderful programming that we have. So without further ado, I'm excited that I have a, an amazing guest, someone who I've had an opportunity to actually know for quite some, some years. Um, her name is Stacy Brown. Stacy actually is a senior investigator, and I want to make sure I get the her company's title right. It's with the Federal Community Defenders Office, and she will go into a little bit more detail of exactly what they do and a little bit of the history of what uh, of where she came from, because she has the direct contact to right here to Orlando, Florida. Um, welcome, Ms. Brown. Stacy, how are you doing today? Thank you so much, Ed. I'm doing well, and it's very nice to see you. And thank you for having me. They, no, and no, the pleasure's all ours for you to be here. Stacy. why don't we start with this? I think, you know, I, I've known you for some years, but uh, I know that one of the things that, that people really do get confused is, is what do you do in your current office? And then we're going to start a little bit with history, where you came from and all that. But why don't we start with there? What do you actually do? So I'm a, a senior legal investigator. Um, I'm not law enforcement. I work for the courts um, and my unit, which is a capital habeas unit, we actually are um, public defenders for um, inmates who have been capitally charged. So inmates that have a death sentence. Um, we are their um, defense attorneys and therefore I work for a team of attorneys that investigate um, death penalty cases that have already been through a trial and are in their post-conviction or basically their appeals process. So and just to kind of follow up what is your geographic area it's obviously you know the word federal's in there so we're talking about the United States where what area is your geographic area? 
So my office is um, a little unique in that we uh, service um, the state um, death penalty uh, inmates. And then we also handle federal cases throughout the country. And so my the, the jurisdiction's a little bit different. We handle uh, federal death penalty cases. We handle cases that are state death penalty, but in the federal court system. And also state cases for Pennsylvania. So Stacy, tell us a little bit about uh, your history. How did you end up being a senior investigator? What, tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, Ed, I, um, as you know, I actually was born in Orlando, Florida. Um, and so I do have a kind of local connection, but I went to the University of Central Florida. I'm a very proud graduate and Golden Knight. Um, and we don't say golden anymore, just to let no, you know. We, no more golden. I've been gone too long, but um, I started working as an investigator uh, in Fort Lauderdale. I worked for the Capital Collateral Regional Council in Fort Lauderdale. It handles the Southern District Appellate Courts for capitally sentenced people in Florida. And I started there 20 years ago as an investigator. Um, and so I've been doing it for a little while. Um, and I learned everything that I know about investigation, basically, from my time there at the CCRC. Um, and then I took a job in Philadelphia and came to uh, the Capitol Habeas Unit here in Philadelphia. About, oh, it's been 12 years now. I know time flies, time flies. So you know the area that, that one of the reasons that I wanted to make sure that we brought you on is, is it's a very interesting topic and it's open source. Why don't you explain a little bit about what that is and so we can kind of go from there. Well, I think one of the things that I've learned being an investigator, a legal investigator, um, is that there is a lot more out there about all of us than we probably think about on a daily basis. Um, one of my jobs is to track down witnesses to speak to and to get information from um, in a couple of different areas. Sometimes it's it's family history information, but a lot of times it's, you know, people who would have known the person when they lived on the streets or people who actually were witnesses to a crime many years ago. And so a lot of times the contact information that I have is non-existent or out of date. And so I have to find them. And one of the greatest ways to find someone is to check out what kind of information there is online. Um, and so I go through a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty uh, lengthy process, but um, there's a lot of tricks and, and tools that I use that are available to anybody out there um, if they're looking for information. So I'm going to assume that you probably have access to particular databases that the regular uh, civilian does not. But my question is, do you go through that database first or where do you actually start first to find somebody? It's interesting. Um, I, if I have previous information uh, that's identifying for someone, I will use a database and I do have access to database information. But the interesting thing to note is I don't have access to what law enforcement has access to. Um, but it is a governmental contract uh, for the databases that I use. So, um, but I don't start there. I start with the internet. Matter of fact, most of the time, the first thing I do if I know a geographic location of someone is I Google them. And so I have uh, a lot of different ways to Google. I like to use quotation marks. Um, I do like to use a geographic 
uh, area and, and Google will give me um, a lot of different things. They'll let me know whether somebody has a Facebook account or an Instagram account or a Twitter account. Um, it'll let me know if they've appeared in any sort of periodicals like newspapers or um, other places where they've been interviewed. Sometimes it'll tell me whether or not they've had any interaction with the court system too. Um, and so all of those are good leads for me. Um, and I like to use that tool probably the most, I would say, is I use Google the most. And how, how successful are you with, with using, I mean, these, these are basic things you're talking about. These are things that any of us can just Google and find. How successful are you with that? I'm pretty successful most of the time. The problem is that there are a lot of people, you know, who have very common names. And so you have to kind of weed through um, what, what, what information you get back. But I, I think that people should Google themselves um, pretty regularly just to see what out there, what is out there online. There, there's a lot of, um, you know, there can be a lot of fraud that goes on people, you know, kind of taking over others identity online. I don't know if you're familiar, but I am a big fan of, you know, the show Catfish. I actually learn a lot of my techniques from Catfish, the TV show. Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot you can do. You can reverse image search. You can find pictures of people. You can find locations. You can find sometimes family members just by Googling. So, you know, as I'm, as I'm hearing this, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm seeing, okay, so basically my information is in the fingertips of anybody who wants to lo locate it. Yeah, uh, you really can find a decent amount of information online without too much trouble. Um, there are a lot of services now, <clears throat> excuse me, on the websites you can find uh, on Google will bring them up um, like whitepages.com or Spokio or uh, peoplefinder.com. These are all uh, things that will give contact information for, for people um, without having to pay for it. And then what they want is the more information that you want, you have to pay for reports that'll go into things like court records and that type of thing. But to get uh, a telephone number or um, sometimes a, a physical address, all you have to do is basically use one of those or, or Google will bring it right up. Um, the other thing is pictures. Um, it's very uh, common for me to Google someone and just click on the image tab on Google and, and you'll find pictures. Uh, usually they come from social media. So, um, but it's really helpful to have a picture, you know, because uh, then if you are physically going to go to the house, you know who you're looking for. Or as has happened to me before um, from social media, I found a, a picture and a post about one of my witnesses had a brand new puppy. And when I got to the door of the house, I was able to know it was there because greeting me at the door was the puppy. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, impressed with what information you found, but I have to be honest, I'm kind of getting a little uh, freaked out just of what information <laughs> is out there about any given person on any given day. So my, this kind of leads, and, and, and this kind of almost reverse of what you, obviously your goal is to find as much information to help you find your, your potential witness. With that said, one of the reasons that I want to chat with you about is how can we, as 
regular person on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, how do we protect ourselves or is there any way to protect ourselves? So uh, this is, a, for me, it's a, it's a really important issue. And I, I know a lot about social media because of my job and I know just exactly how scary it can be. Um, I think it's important for us, you know, everyday people to definitely know that those um, um, protective things, the privacy settings that are on the social media accounts are really important. Um, you should use them. Um, you should make them as private as you feel comfortable with. Uh, for me personally, I, I keep all my settings so that, you know, only my friends can see what I'm I'm posting on, on Facebook. Um, I don't leave it open to the public because you invite a lot of um, a lot of people to look around and what's you know, to see what's going on. And there are ways on Facebook to do that where that people cannot publicly see, um, you know, the pictures that you post every day or the information that you're posting there, especially if you're posting pictures of your family and things like that. Um, it's important to also read the agreements. You know, they update those agreements very frequently and you would be surprised at what Facebook takes ownership of when you post on Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's, it's important to know those things. And so I think just, you know, taking a moment every now and again to update your privacy settings is really important. Um, and the same goes for Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok, all of these things. You, you wanna make sure your privacy settings are, in my opinion, as tight as possible. So uh, in our pre-interview, you actually mentioned something. So uh, just to kind of behind the curtains, yes, we usually like to talk to our guests a little bit beforehand before we go broadcast live. Um, but with that, you mentioned something, and I want to make sure we touch base on this. And I think I'm going to probably massacre it, but it was a mechanism through Twitter to find location. Can you explain that a little bit and kind of educate our, our our viewers what that actually is um yes so there is a tool that twitter specifically uses um and it's a live mapping tool where they use your geolocation of when you tweet and so um like court professionals, people that are jury professionals um, and investigators, they like to use this live mapping technology um, to basically find out if jurors are speaking about a trial when they're, you know, serving jury duty. But it shows your location, your geolocation. And so if you tweet from home and you have this, you know, turned on, somebody can get your home you know, location. Um, and it's something you want to pay attention to. I think probably most of us know if you have an iPhone or a, um, or a uh, Samsung or something, uh, an Android phone that you can turn the geo tracking off. Um, but the Twitter uses your internet uh, information to kind of geolocate you to put you in a geographic area. So, this is readily available to anybody. So in other words, if I wanted to see uh, where this person who where they're tweeting from, I could use this through Twitter to find out where you're actually located at. Sorry. There we are. Sorry. You gotta love technology. You gotta love it. 
Um, yes, you can. You can. It's um, there's a there is a, a couple of different websites. One is one million tweetmap.com. Um, and you can just Google uh, live Twitter mapping and you should be able to find it. Now that we are all amazingly scared of even tweeting ever again, um, you mentioned privacy setting. Is this on Twitter? Can you shut this down for you if you want to tweet? I believe that, to, to be honest, I, I actually did a little bit of research into this yesterday, and I, I believe that you can if you keep your privacy settings tight. So I, I think that you can put your keep your location from being... Um, from being projected if you use your um, your privacy settings. So Stacy, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, obviously we are all in a world of constant information and constant access and being on the internet and having that type of world. Uh, what advice would you give to the regular uh, viewer out there who wants to still be on these social media platforms, but yet want to have some type of level of security. What advice would you give them? I, I really think that you just, you need to be aware of what the privacy settings are for each of the different accounts that you're using and to make sure that you update them regularly because sometimes when the site updates itself, the privacy uh, settings will change. And so you need to make sure that you pretty regularly update uh, your Facebook and Instagram in particular. Um, I know that when you do those updates, a lot of times the privacy settings are updated. Um, I'm pretty sure that Twitter is the same uh, with the privacy settings. And um, also, uh, you know, there's a way that you can um, send like sort of the posts and the messages that you send out to a to an audience like you can pick who you send it to so sometimes if you don't want it to be out there in the in the general uh twitter sphere or the you know the the social media realm then you you can direct your messages to where where they want to go i think privacy is very important for social media i don't often think about it every day um but you know doing the work that I do, I, I definitely think that those privacy settings are very important. And I guess with that said, is adversely, if you are running a business, you are not wanting those privacy settings. You want to go ahead and, and use uh, to, to reach your market as, as strongly as possible from how you're describing it. Yes. So... Yes. And, and that makes sense. Now, what do you think the biggest mistake that people do other than their privacy settings? What do you think that that folks are most guilty of in, in putting out there for the for the for the world to see? I mean, I just think that it's, you know, when you're posting pictures on social media, you have to be really thoughtful about it. Um, a lot of times people will put things in the background that they really didn't expect anyone to see you know, uh, like address numbers or uh, street signs or, I mean, even other things, maybe private things, you know, mirrors reflect and, and we should all be aware of that and think about it when we're putting things online. Um, but also, you know, the pictures on, on Facebook, they, you know, there's a lot of um, issues surrounding who, who owns those pictures once you post them onto the internet. And I just think maybe we should be mindful of, of the ownership of those pictures or who can use them 
once we've posted them. Um, and I, you know, I like social media as much as the next person. And, you know, you just have to be really thoughtful about it. Um, and when your privacy is involved. So even if we, we still have a certain privacy, it's, it's, you're allowing the social media outlet to have access to that photo though. Yes. Um, yes. And I mean, part of that is so that you can actually post it. Right. Um, and so you can put it out there for everybody to see. Um, but those agreements that you agree to when you sign up there, I, I read through a bunch of them and it's very, very uh, interesting what they claim uh, ownership or part ownership of and what they can do with your information. So on, on the fascinating part now, I want to kind of tie you as a senior investigator. Have you been able to use just social media to help your client or in somehow enrich your case? Has that been something that, that has happened to you in the past? Oh, yes. And I'll give you just one really funny example. Um, Please. I was uh, looking for a witness who we thought actually was dead. We didn't have any clue that he was alive. Um, however, and, and, and thought he had long been dead. Um, and I was able to use Facebook to find him in California, which is very far away from where we thought he might be. Um, and the reason we were able to find him and find and interview him was that he posted a picture of himself in front of the place where he was working gave the address right there. You know how on the doors to businesses, sometimes they have their address and phone number and hours of operation? Sure. Well, he had posted a picture of himself saying that he was off to work and he had all of that information in the background. And so basically I flew to California and I drove around to that address and sure enough, he was standing out in front waving a sign and I got the interview. Was he taking another selfie at that moment? No, because that would have been just too rich. Okay, he's not that would have another selfie. But. That would have been perfect. It would have just been so sad, you know, full circle and stuff. Stacy, thank you so much for for joining. Is there any other last piece of advice that you feel that our community should know or that they should maybe do on a concert? Is it uh, cleaning up their your 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 Google? I know there's a lot of cleanup companies. Um, what do you think? That, what advice should you give everybody? Well, I do think that you know if you are worried about anything that could be on the internet, that those you know that cleaning up is is an option for you it's just it's good to remember that there are crevices on the internet where things will last forever and there are ways to find those you have to dig and scrub a little bit but um but if you, there's something that you're worried about i do think think that it's worthwhile to use a service um i also think that if you know you have things on your court record that you'd rather people not um, know that you should use every opportunity to seal or expunge uh, your record. Um, and sometimes it takes a lawyer's help, but most states do have um, the ability to either seal or expunge information from your record. Um, and I think that those are things that you should take advantage of. It's like, you know, withdrawing from a class when you're in college, you know, maybe things were a mistake or whatever, you know, you might just not necessarily want them to affect the rest of your life. 
I, I, you know what, I, I come from a particular generation that the uh, uh, Facebook was not quite around. And I thank God every day day that Facebook was not around during my collegiate years. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're, we at least were blessed with that because some of those photos that the people would look at would just, it would be pure comedy, but nonetheless, Stacey, thank you so much. We are, you, there's an open invitation here. Uh, we'd also, at one point in time, we need to talk about some of those cases that are long gone and really get kind of deep and have some interesting stories that you have actually shared in the past. And one of these days, we're going to bring you back so we can just talk about some of those things too, as well. <laughs> okay. Make sure everyone to please uh, subscribe again, YouTube. We want to make sure that we're able to continuously give you this information and, and uh, Jordan Law, if you have any needs, please give us a call. We appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. See you, everyone, soon. You've been listening to Let's Get Up to Business from Jordan Law. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast and would consider sharing the show. We would also love an honest five-star review through iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcatcher you use. If you are interested in being a guest of the podcast, please contact producer Mark through email at mark at jordanlawfl.com. Use the subject line podcast guest in your email. Thank you. We look forward to speaking to you again soon.